Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. Did you ever just get so sad about your cancer treatment or your diagnosis or your prognosis or your survivorship that you said to yourself, I I just can't do this. This is just too hard. This is too painful. This is too nauseating. This is just not the life that I wanted to live. It happens to most of us going through this cancer experience. So let me give you an example of the way my mind works. I was in one of those lower moments going through my cancer treatment when I was bald. And the song, Living on a Prayer, came on the radio And I saw my wig on its little holder. And so I was singing along with the song and I ran and I got the wig, this big red wig, and I put it on my head, but not great, more like a rock star would look like kind of lifted up a little bit. And I started to sing that song. Oh my gosh, I can't sing for you, but I'm living on a prayer. Like you don't want me to sing for you. <laughs> but that song took on a whole different meaning now that I was fighting for my life with stage four cancer and I was bald. But it was this moment where I could get my inner rock star on and sing that song at full voice like a rock star and have this red wig on and really get in the mood of being a rock star. Now, I was living on a prayer, right? Nothing was working. I wasn't responding to treatment. But the irony of that song coming on while that was happening really triggered something in me that was beyond the sadness. It was so absurd that I literally did that. It was like my Tom Cruise moment from Risky Business. I wasn't in my underwear though, but (laughs) you have to imagine singing that song when I really was living on a prayer that some miracle would happen and that I would figure out how to work with my body and different professionals and healers in the medical world so that I could reverse what was going on in my body. And I had to figure out a way to stop that since the surgeries, the radiation and the chemotherapy did not help me at that time. So that's what I'm talking about, taking these momentary breaks to have a moment of absurd joy or just playfulness. I've talked about pets helping. I've talked about Babies helping. I've talked about singing in the shower, dancing, having reunions with friends, watching your favorite films from childhood. All these things can just little by little chip away at the sadness. And there is no harm 
in getting medication. At certain points in our lives, medication can really help, whether you need to take it for a long period of time or a short period of time. If you're really feeling extreme sadness, there are good reasons and there could be chemical imbalance. So please don't hesitate to contact a medical professional to see if medicine might just be the boost that you need at any given moment to help you get through the cancer journey. I think I've shared before one of my lowest moments, which was right at the midway of my chemotherapy treatment year one. And I was just balled up in the lap of my yoga teacher crying because my bowels were so distended that I felt not human. And of course I was bald and 98 pounds. And I just remember at that moment, I felt so vulnerable and so weak and just not sure how my body was going to endure any more treatment. And I was only halfway through of year one. So I've been there and it's rough. I know that you might be listening and not even ever have had cancer treatment. And you might be struggling with something else that's making you so sad, just life sad. There's so much going on in the world right now that's so disturbing and painful. The images that we're being bombarded with are beyond anything a human should ever see, let alone have to endure. And if you pile that on top of a cancer diagnosis or treatment or survivorship or loss, mama mia, it's a lot to process right now. But I want to share with you some strategies that have helped me when I was feeling cancer sad or life sad. It doesn't just have to be because of cancer treatment. You could be relationship sad, and that relationship could be with a family member, a friend. It could be with your own kids. It could be with someone at work. Life sometimes can be sad. And I don't think we ever get taught how to process sad, right? We're taught to take a pill, take a drink, avoid sad at all costs. And I found that when I get sad, if I experience it, look into it, explore it by myself, with a friend, with a professional, then I can get to joy. But if I just shove the sad under the carpet, so to speak, then that sad just builds upon another sad, upon another sad, upon another sad, until the sadness just gets so big that it almost feels like too big to deal with. And I have people who tell me, I'm just so sad about my cancer, or about my prognosis, or about the state of the world, or a failed relationship. God forbid, I don't want to be here anymore. That's what I hear a lot through this role, this position, this journey that life has given me as a very visible stage four cancer survivor with no visible disease for decades. And also as the founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, 
So of course, people assume that all the time, Saren's just going to be happy. Saren's just going to be cracking jokes. And yes, I do live happy and I walk happy, but I also experience all the emotions that everyone else does. I've just practiced resiliency and I've learned how to make myself as resilient as possible. And let me tell you something, in this moment of our society, that's coming in really handy, not only because of what everyone has to process in this world, we just processed a pandemic, and now we're processing intensity of fighting in the Middle East and then in the Ukraine. Life gets hard. It really does. If I can help share these strategies that I learned through my life, I mean, I learned it from having a really difficult birth, childhood, family dynamic, and then relationships, and then going through really aggressive cancer treatment, and now survivorship. So I repeat these a lot in this podcast, but I think you could never hear them enough because I need to hear them too, and I do them. And when things get really tense, they're just second nature now to pop into my psyche and help me deal with the complexities of all the different dramas that we have to deal with as cancer patients or survivors or people who just love people going through a cancer journey. Because trust me, I have helped people as the caregiver and it's as if you're going through it too. You might not be getting the infusion or having the surgery, but you are living this step-by-step with us. And I want to make sure that if you are a caregiver listening, that you deserve all the support that we give here on this podcast and all this love. So now that we've acknowledged that there can be something called cancer sad, let's talk about how we rebound. What can we do when we're feeling this intense sadness to process? Now, I'm not a professional therapist. I always say it might be a great time to either enter a support group or go to your local hospital and ask for a facilitator that can help you through a lot of these emotions that we go through when we've had a cancer diagnosis. These are just personal things that I do to process when I'm feeling cancer sad or just sad. First thing I do is I try to identify all the different sources that are causing my sadness. And I'm really honest with myself. And sometimes they're superficial. You could have a pimple and be very self-conscious. It doesn't have to just be epic things right? It could be just a bunch of small things that have mounted. Someone didn't call you back. We're really sensitive when we're going through all of this cancer stuff. Every emotion is so heightened. So I really try to make that list of things that are bringing me down. It could be the hair loss. It could be the weight loss. It could be the weight gain. It could be your fear of having a treatment or surgery. It could be that you hate your doctor and you have an HMO and you can't get away from this medical team and you've got to just suck it up and you have to do your treatment 
with a team that you might not have faith in because of your insurance plan keeps you really bound to this medical team. So I want you to really get out a piece of paper, get out your phone and start making this very personal list. You don't have to show it to anybody, but what is this personal list of all the things that are bringing you down or causing an impediment to joy? Once you have that list, I want you to write next to each thing, control, not control, need help. Is this an item on your list that you can control or not control? Just make that next to each item. Then next to each item of control or not control, is it something that you need help with? And just put need help. And then next to need help, I want you to think of one or two people that might be able to help you with that particular item on your list. And that could be somebody you know or somebody you pay for. Or it could be somebody that you seek a public service support from. There are agencies that will help people get through just about anything, but you have to seek out their agency. So now you start to see this roadmap of your problems and the things that are making you super, super sad. And then you start to see, okay, I can't control this problem. And you know, the good old serenity prayer, the serenity prayer, there are certain things you just can't control, right? So now we have to start reconciling with things that are beyond control. And if you're faith-based, there's a certain amount of faith that can help get through these tough times. There are certain prayers, certain psalms, certain clergy, that if you reach out to them, if you're faith-based or you want to explore faith and healing, faith and survivorship, faith and coping, now's a good time to see if that brings you comfort. If you have no interest in going down the faith-based route, then we're going to rely more on man solely. I personally do both. I rely on myself. I rely on others. And I also rely on my faith and the creator, whoever you believe that creator is. But do you see how you start, and I repeat this over and over again, you take this one bite at a time. And it's my saying that I've repeated, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Our sadness is like a big sad elephant. And if we just approach it piece by piece by piece, my experience is that it starts to release the stranglehold that it has on us. And if I seek out professional psychological help or clergy help or support and help from friends or other organizations, all of a sudden I don't feel so alone and I don't feel so vulnerable and it all starts to seem a bit more manageable. Now, a lot of people say, Saren, you run the Comedy Cures Foundation. So how does laughter, comedy, and joy 
fit into this. I find that if I can really mourn what's bothering me, and that means I can feel sad about it and acknowledge that this is messed up. I don't want this. This isn't the life I ordered. And then I really go from there into the dissection of it and then looking for support in those areas. Once I have an action plan, then I feel that I can really experience joy and hope in a much bigger, more profound way. Now, it doesn't mean that I wait to laugh or I wait to experience comedy or I wait to do tumor humor, which I talk about a lot in this podcast. It just means that I'm very conscious to examine the sadness and get a plan. But trust me, I use humor every step of the way. I try to figure out if there's anything funny or humorous or completely absurd about what I'm going through. And that usually brings air and light into the situation because it doesn't just seem so all tragic and dark. Then I actually will watch comedy just to be able to laugh and oxygenate my brain and oxygenate my body and just get a break from the sadness. And it's not that I'm ignoring the sadness. I am literally talking to my sadness and going, okay, I know I'm sad, but I'm going to take this commercial break from being sad and I'm going to go be joy-filled and listen to some comedy right now and experience some humor or do some laughter exercises. And I really do that. I tell my sadness that I'll be back. If it still needs me to be sad, I'll be sad, I'll be back. And or I'll be back to solve the problems. I'm just taking this momentary respite to go laugh and fill my mind with hope and with joy and what it feels like to be a joy-filled person again. And I do those laughter breaks and those comedy breaks and those joy breaks all throughout the sadness so that I just keep chipping away and chipping away at what's making me sad. I hope that you try this and I hope that you go back and you listen to every tumor humor episode and you listen to every episode that we do with Missy Hall, who's a comedian that I helped go through and I'm helping go through cancer treatment and survivorship because we always try to examine how you use your comic perspective while going through cancer treatment. And I hope you go back and you listen or re-listen to all the different strategies that I teach in this podcast from having a pity party to breaking down all these different moments into opportunities to explore stress management, to explore managing depression, anxiety, and how to rebuild hope. And that's really what this 365-day podcast is about, me just sharing with you all the things that I do and all the things that I learn to have the best quality day possible, even 
even if I have something that rears into my life that would cause sadness, depression, anxiety, stress. We can do this. The first Comedy Cures research study that I did, which was the Metastatic Mindset Cancer Research Study, showed that in eight weeks, these strategies really work. That if you work this podcast, God willing, you will have the same results, the extraordinary results that our patients had and that you will find more hope, more joy, and more laughter in your day, and then hopefully improve the quality of your life, and then hopefully improve the quality of your health, and have a similar experience or miracle that I had when my body went into full remission, and I was able to have the past few decades cancer-free would be amazing to share that same journey with you. But the reason for this podcast is to just help give a better quality of life and quality of day and quality of thought to you. So I hope you try this. Please connect with me through comedycures.org and tell me either by the record button or by the contact button where you can write to me. Tell me how this impacted you. Are you trying it? Are you seeing the results? I love to hear from you. Have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I'd love to ask for you to go to comedycures.org and check out our membership circle levels. You will find even more resources and more programming like our live virtual Q&A sessions with me, our live Comedy Cures events with our very talented comedians, live health builder workshops with Jackie Bryan hosted by me, a robust monthly newsletter, plus much more. It's really an exciting community. So please consider becoming a member, giving it as a gift, telling your friends, telling your hospital support group all about this community. I can't think of a more empowering way to go through a cancer journey or your survivorship or your caregiving experience than with us at Beating Cancer Daily. It's truly an honor to serve you. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. guess what time it is. It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.